Previously on Wayne's Eye Maiden podcast, I had a message from Paul Diano asking to meet him in a local cafe. As I sat down with a coffee, um, he revealed that he'd been travelling through time. Yeah, it was easy for me to blame alcohol and drugs for my absences, but really, you know, I've been travelling through time. I can see now how big Iron Maiden became, and I want to go back and tell myself, yeah, don't, don't accept that paltry offer, you know, for leaving the band in 1981. Sadly, I, I got in a bit of a temper and I threw the machine against the wall in a rage, you know. And when I did that, yeah, the number nine key fell off. They seem to be telling him that, you know, to do dark things, it's like conflicting, like a good and a bad angel. You know, like in the Dr Faustus play. Doctor Who? No, not Doctor Who, Dr Faustus. So this clever path for the fools, that's a sin. And they think it's clever, but they're just fools. And we can see this across literature, from Dr. Faustus to Dorian Gray. Dorian Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden and how they influenced me growing up as a boy in 1980s Birmingham. I also look at them today, see if my opinions changed, and review them and my past as an adult. Now, reviewing my past is very important for this new series because I'm looking at the Somewhere in Time album. And this week, I'm looking at track one, which is called Caught Somewhere in Time. Before I start, though, I'm just going to reflect on last week's episode, which was an album review show about Power Slave. I had another message from Goldie Wilson, who again isn't happy with Adrian Smith's book. You may recall that previously he's moaned about chapter three being missing. That's twice he's done this. This time, he's not happy that he was included in Adrian Smith's book. He said... They requested that he was on a store that stocked sponge cakes and instead Adrian Smith put him in the stocks and had people throwing wet sponges at him. So he thinks that Adrian Smith may have got mixed up with this message or he feels that Adrian Smith is punishing him because he's been critical of the book so far and made comments. Well, I don't know if this is true, but I do apologise if your request wasn't granted by Adrian Smith. There isn't a book reading this week. So that might make some people stop listening straight away. Uh, But yeah, he's busy promoting other things, so maybe he'll be back soon. There was quite a lot of insight on my album review show special. There was an exclusive version of Power Slave, unearthed by Paul Diano's cassette, uh, by UB40. Um, But I'll mention this. People once again focused on the food. People were impressed by the McDonald's party memories and shared their experiences. A lot of people couldn't remember these McDonald's puppets, And I believe that perhaps people have wiped them from their minds because they were sinister and obviously you could do inappropriate things with them. Some people wonder if you still get McDonald's parties. Um, In the old days, there was like an area of the shop where it was cordoned off with a train and special seating. I think they've stopped that now. I think for health and safety, e-numbers and children running about. Um, They weren't stopped because of the incident in Erdington in Birmingham. I had a message from Barbara Wright. And she said that the correct term for the Egyptian coffin, as I called it, is a sarcophagus. So there you go. That's what I should have said last week. So I do apologise that I didn't look that up in advance. Um, I just went with coffin or tomb. And Corky's also been in touch about this. So thanks for your comments. But now it's a new series, series six, which means it's a sixth album. And now I'm going to look at the first song on that album, Caught Somewhere in Time. We've all been caught somewhere in time, haven't we? 
Even if we don't have a time machine, it might be when we're looking at a photo or when we hear an album, it takes us back to that time when it came out or when the photo was taken. Or maybe when we bought the album, maybe you didn't buy it when it came out, but it takes you back to when you bought it. So that experience links to that, doesn't it? Um, luckily, we can just snap out of a memory and return to the present day. So we're not caught for long. The song begins with this strange sound. What is it? It sounds like the telly isn't working or a swarm of bees is chasing you in Cannon Hill Park. Listen to it. Try and ignore the bass and the guitar, but this sort of buzzing sound in the background. On this album, the band used synths. Not like Depeche Mode or the Kraftwerk, but they used bass synths and guitar synths according to the credits on the album. What is a guitar synth? I mean, I know what a guitar is, and I know what a synth is. A synth is like a keyboard, but you can program your own sounds on it, not like on Michael Patterson's Yamaha Porter sound. So yeah, I wondered what this guitar synth meant, Um, because I knew you could get preset sounds on keyboards for things like flute, and strings, and pipe organ. My Casio didn't have a guitar option, But maybe Iron Maiden had better equipment than I did and they had ones that you could play a guitar sound on. I realise now that this was wrong. Later on, when I knew more about synthesizers, I wondered if they plugged their guitar into the synthesizer and then that synthesizer was plugged into an amp and they could use the synth to alter the guitar sound. I think this is wrong as well because they'd just use a pedal for this, wouldn't they? Today, I can look up Google and, and see what a guitar synth looks like. I can see the 80s adverts for them. I can see the Jackson Dinky that Adrian Smith used. So they were using guitar synths that look like guitars rather than ones that look like keyboards. This isn't to be confused with a keytar, which uh, people like Herbie Hancock's used. Or you might recall Paul Diano did some air keytar moves when performing on stage. So as well as this synthy sound, you've got the bass, and this sunburst guitar sound. I don't know what this means, but that's how I describe it. On Power Slave, I mentioned that the sound was hot and desert-like. And I think, with these words, I was influenced by the pictures of the band at the time. So, they were in Egypt, weren't they, on Power Slave? So, I, I got that heat feeling. And on Peace of Mind, they are eating a roast dinner, so that's where I got the meat and gravy sound from. On Somewhere in Time, They're in a desert again, but they've got some futuristic-looking trucks with them. It's a bit like the film Mad Max, but the band are dressed in Puma trainers, and Nico's got a cap on that says, Coke is it, Um, which doesn't look very futuristic. They should have dressed up like Paul Diano did, or how Gary Newman looked on his album Warriors. I think the intro is quite nice. Uh, When I think of this song, I think of that more than the main song itself, which is a bit strange. Without listening... I find it hard to think of how the solo section goes or some of the main bits. Um, but yeah, the intro comes to mind straight away. After this, the main song is driven by that maiden gallop. And uh, it's actually faster than you might expect. Now, of course, the gallop has been used before, hasn't it? In several songs I've covered. And that emphasises motion or travel in the song. Gallop, though, is a bit linked with horses this takes you back to some of those songs where that's relevant, like The Trooper or Genghis Khan, uh, you know, those battles. But this song's about time travel, and uh, 
I think galloping, yeah, it's all right, but I'd feel happier if it had a more cosmic, futuristic feel. Steve Harris wrote the song, and the lyrics are quite simple. I'll read the first verse now. If you had the time to lose, an open mind and time to choose, would you care to take a look, or can you read me like a book? Now that may not have had the passion of Bruce Dickinson's delivery, but you can get the idea of what it's about. It's sort of like someone saying, come and have a look at this if you've got the time. But that end line, can you read me like a book, suggests there's a bit of a trick at the heart of it. It's a bit like when Thomas Spencer and Caroline Blissett told me to look in the Wendy house in the classroom. They said that one of my Star Wars figures was there, one that had gone missing in that infamous event where I thought they'd been thrown on the classroom roof. They told me that Dengar the bounty hunter was there, having tea with Barbie and Ken. When I went to have a look, of course, he wasn't there. And then they shut the door on me. It was like a, a trap and a trick. Even though the door of the Wendy house was a canvas flap, it felt like they'd slammed the door on my hopes and dreams. This song isn't about a Wendy house and Star Wars figures. It's about time travel. And it's interesting how he uses the term time to lose rather than time to spare. Because normally you'd say, have you got the time to spare to come and do this? It actually says, have you got the time to lose? Which is quite an interesting twist. Not many people say that, do they? So to summarise the first verse, someone's saying, come back in time with me, have a look at this. Or am I tricking you? Um... So yeah, this this temptation of going back in time might have repercussions. I don't have much experience in this, but fortunately, Paul Diano turned up outside my house this week and we went for a walk and a chat. Listen to this. All right, Wayne, good to see you again. Yeah, likewise. Um, yeah, seems like it's been a while. But uh, things, you know, were able to meet up a bit like perhaps we weren't last time. I noticed your photo bomb. That was funny. Hey, uh, your, your photo bomb. Well, I don't know what you're on about. No, we did meet up last time, didn't we? Now you're probably getting confused with all your time travel, but... Uh... Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I thought it'd be important. Caught somewhere in time, after what I told you last week. Obviously, I mentioned meeting up with Steve Harris in 1985 and how I'd explained what, what was going on. And, uh, yeah, found out later, he stole the idea for this song. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Um, yeah, that, that caused problems, didn't it? Because you got in a temper and, and you broke the number nine key. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm, I'm, you're probably too soon to ask you if there's any news on that. Um, but yeah, a bit limiting what I can do without number nine key. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to be able to get back to 1981, as I said. Hey, I mentioned that I, it broke, you know, and I want to get back to 1981 for my royalties, sort them out. And uh, yeah, that'd be nice. But uh, anyway, not to worry. Let's talk about court somewhere in time now. I thought you'd... F- a while ago, you, you sent me a letter and, and you told me everything was sorted. Oh, hang on, right. Let's let's take a step back. Sorry, Wayne. Um, last week, I told you about my story about time travel. Uh, that was in the Transylvania episode. So uh, I thought what I'd do after that, I'd jump forward and uh, I think, yeah, about a year. Uh, here I am now telling you about caught somewhere in time because uh, I felt like I've got some personal experience and I can identify with some of the lyrics. Uh, obviously, it's a shame I couldn't sing some of them. Uh, there's a few songs like this on the Killers album, which I'll uh, have to tell you about one day. Oh, yeah. Um, so I suppose I'll have to go back and tell you. Oh, hang on. So you've already done the Killers songs, haven't you? Yeah. Hang on. So you're telling me that you have only met me once before? Yeah, that's right. This is the second time. So you jumped forward 
and, and your time machine is still broken. Yeah, that's right. Although, I don't know if I should judge from your tone. That, that suggests that maybe it gets fixed. So that's, that's, that's given me a bit of hope, that. But uh, all I know about the current time is that the cafe's shut, which is a bit disappointing. So here we are, having to wander around, which is a bit weird. But I suppose it's all right. Uh, okay, so I'm a bit confused. So anyway, caught somewhere in time. Um, you feel that Steve Harris wrote this song about you following your visit to him in 1985. Yeah, clearly it is. That first line, if you had the time to lose and can I tempt you, can with me. Um, you know, basically I was shown this sort of treat, this option of, of time travel from the pixie and I took it. Um, and yeah, I guess it is a bit of a curse. And I'm, as I said, I've caught now because of my antics with the number nine key. And yeah, it's about about making the most of opportunities, isn't it? Um, you know, I think if most of us were, were given that, you know, come and see the future or the past, then um, we'd take it. Uh, in my case, it was just the past. I didn't bother. I didn't jump forward for a long time. I was just going back in time. And then it's only recently that I went forward and, yeah, saw the mid-80s, how I made and turned out and my own solo career. But, yeah, I can't really find out much more about the future. So you know bits about my future that I don't know, that have already happened with you. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, originally, I went, I just came to 2020, and uh, that's how I found your podcast. Um, and then, yeah, of course, you were speculating about time travel, so that's why I sort of made that connection. So do you like the song? Yeah, I mean, I like it, but, yeah, I'd, I'd rather it was recognised that it's actually about me. I feel that the Like a Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, I feel that's a bit of a dig, because uh, I had a leather jacket with sheepskin on it and uh, I think they're calling me a wolf there I think that's a bit harsh he says you only got your soul to lose eternally and then Bruce laughs as well I think he's mocking me don't like that either uh, not happy about it but uh, that's typical yeah typical of him I feel like they've used my situation to make money and uh, that's why I got in a temper but you know I don't think I've lost my soul maybe I uh, lost a bit of direction and I get a bit confused now and again so I hope that wasn't too confusing the two main vocal hooks are Time is Always on My Side and Caught Somewhere in Time. I feel like those two phrases contradict each other because if you can control time and it's always on your side, then you shouldn't get caught. I suppose if you're in a time period where it's difficult to create a nuclear reaction to generate the 1.21 gigawatts needed for time travel, or if you break the number 9 key off your gadget, then you could be caught stuck somewhere. I think time is always on my side. It's a useful lesson to all of us. Because people often say, time is on your side. And people often say that you're younger than you actually think you are, because you've got plenty of time left to do things, take up new hobbies, start a podcast, write some poetry. So, there you go. There's my inspirational quote. I won't be doing one of those on every episode, but uh, if you if you learn something from this, learn that you are capable of doing something that you never thought possible. Why don't you try it? Um, maybe there's some talent scouts listening to this who want someone to deliver inspirational quotes as a podcast. Previously, I've been complimented on my soothing tones with jigsaw commentary. So after I finish the Iron Maiden podcast, maybe there's a future in me doing inspirational pep talks. Overall, I feel the lyrics don't really have a linear plot. Uh, nothing's really resolved. and It's like a loop. A bit like the limbo of, of being caught somewhere in time. There's sort of no progression. It's not like Scrooge uh, with the ghosts of Christmas past. 
in the Muppet Christmas Carol. There's no redemption or lesson learned as a result of it. And there's no heartwarming sing-along at the end with a load of puppets. So you can't really compare those. So I don't know why you're doing it. I mentioned earlier that I can remember the intro, but not the solo as such. But listening to it again, the solo is really good. And it's Dave Morrow and Adrian Smith. Again, that tradition, that alphabetical order thing. The song's actually really quick, and it's quicker than I thought it was. Um, it's also longer than I thought it was. In fact, it's the longest open of any song at this point, which is quite interesting. To me, it doesn't have the wow, epic feel of Where Eagles Dare, and it doesn't have the classic song feel of Aces High, but it's still very good. It's a song that's very good as an opener. Uh, I don't think they could pull it anywhere else in the set if they were performing it live. And they haven't. The sort of main hook that caught somewhere in time as Bruce sings it, he sings it with the same notes as that intro, that intro guitar. So that's a nice sort of repetition, you know, sort of reminds you of the opening. So again, there's that looping, cyclical nature of the song and time travel and time. Right, I'm going to give Trevor a ring now, see what he's been up to. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Trevor, how are you doing? It's always a bit rainy. Um, in fact... I wonder if it's going to affect your recording. You might hear rain in the background on the window, lashing down. Um, I'm, I'm not in the shed because you'd hear it on the roof. Yeah, it's a bit wet, uh, not very nice. I'm actually calling you on Mother's Day. Um, have you got your mum anything nice? Yeah, I baked her some bread. Oh, OK, that's nice. Um, anything special? No, no. Well, sounds good, baked her some bread. No, no, I just, just did her some toast for breakfast. Well, that's not baking bread, is it? Yeah, it is. Putting bread in a grill. I thought you meant you'd created some bread and used yeast and stuff, however you make bread. No, I haven't got time for that. I've been busy. What else have you been doing? I've been making a list of the Easter eggs I want. Oh, OK. Well, uh, interesting. I suppose Toffee Crisp isn't on the list. I don't think you can get a Toffee Crisp Easter egg. I've been wondering about an image change. Oh, what do you mean? Like new clothes? No. Might change my name. Might change my nickname. Well, I don't think you choose your own nicknames. Other people just give them to you. I tried to change my nickname once to Viscount Wayne. It, it didn't work. Oh, yeah. We're older now, aren't we? I thought I could be called T-Rev. T-Rev? Yeah. Like a rapper poet. I could do some like hip-hop delivery, street poems. Well, I don't think... OK, well, let's not have them today. Um, maybe think about that in the future. Uh, I don't want you just come up with random hip-hop poetry on on a heavy metal podcast. We've had complaints about synth-pop and reggae in the past, so if you could just stick to the traditional readings, and I'll be happier, um, and then if you want to be T-Rev, that maybe you could do that in your private time. Yeah, well, I wasn't planning on doing that here. I think uh, it's just when I do live shows. Do you think we'll ever do a live show of the podcast? Maybe do a tour of the UK? Well, I did think of that, but then, of course, lockdown happened. I was going to do some of the festivals and where it would have been appropriate. Um, annoyingly, uh, the only requests I got were from comedy festivals, like fringe shows. I don't know what. I think they just got confused by the comedy listing on, on Apple, which which is still annoying me. A year on, and it's still not changed. Yeah, well, maybe we could do a, a tour. I think some podcasts do, don't they? I don't know if anyone would pay a, to watch this. 
live. How would we do it live? Just sort of sitting there having a chat, sat at a table with a cup of tea and a biscuit. Yeah, I think people would. That's how they do it. Or maybe if we get actors to play the parts. What parts? I don't know. Maybe they'd have to write something different. Maybe it could be like a pantomime. Uh, yeah, well, some people say it is like a pantomime, thanks to your poetry. So, can we let's talk about the song, please. Caught Somewhere in Time. Well, yeah, I like it. It's a good standard of song, and it gets you in the mood for the album. It doesn't shout out time travel to me, though, in the same way that The Power of Love does, by Huey Lewis and the News. Huey Lewis and the News? Yeah. Makes me want to get my skateboard out and put some wet look gel in my hair, make it look rockabilly. Okay. But... I like this constant theme they've got where someone makes a pact with the devil or somebody to get nice things and then they regret it. And we see this in classic literature. Uh, I've mentioned before, Dr. Faustus and in A Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. Yeah, I know you've mentioned those before and uh, I think that's interesting. Uh, I wonder, are you one of these people who try to sound intelligent and well-read when you've only read three books? Because you keep mentioning the same books when you're talking about references to classical literature. How do you respond to this? Well, that's three books, yeah. But they're the ones that are relevant to Iron Maiden's themes. Maybe they're the books Steve Harris has read, but he's not written a song called Dorian Gray or Dr Faustus. Maybe on the next album there will be a song called Dr Faustus. And then everyone will say, oh, look at Trevor. He knew. He always said Dr Faustus. And Wayne always poo-pooed it. And now here we are with a classic song called Dr Faustus, over eight minutes long. It's an epic. We love it. We love Trevor. All right, well, well, can we calm down a bit, please? I don't think there's any evidence I'm mainly going to write a song called Dr Faustus. There's only you who talks about it. So despite last series where the, the quality dropped a bit, I'm going to carry on asking you for some poems uh, for this series. So have you got one about caught somewhere in time? Yeah, I have. Here you go. I let my mind wander, take me back to those cobbled streets of northern France. Oh. What are you doing? Another one about the French trip. Yeah, well, it's about being in the time, isn't it? Don't interrupt. Okay, sorry. Well... I let my mind wander, take me back to those cobbled... I feel like I'm not delivering it in the same now. I feel like I've lost the momentum and the feeling behind it. I might have to start again. All right, well, can we make this the last time, please? Can you try and... Sorry, if I shut up then and, and let you read it, not put you off. Sorry, Trevor. I let my mind wander. Take me back to those cobbled streets of northern France. Smells of pastries, perfume and pretty places. I drool with the thought of you, our romance of romance. OK, so uh, usual standard then? Yeah. Good, isn't it? Um, you might have noticed the alliteration um, and the clever wordplay where I say Roman of romance. Why is there a Rome in France? No, the word Roman is French for novel, so I'm comparing this French trip experience like a novel of romance. Okay, so you're back in time to this moment then, but yet this, this individual small moment is somehow a novel. A 300-page book. Yeah. Yeah, it is. How do you know what a moment like that can feel like? All right. Well, thank you anyway for the poem. Next week we've got Wasted Years, so a classic song there. Um, Hopefully uh, you'll get inspired again. 
So, uh, yeah, I'll give you a call in a week. Okay, thanks, Wayne. Bye. Okay, you can follow me on social media. Just uh, have a look and join in with any conversations. Obviously, the, the Paul Diano photo bomb has uh, started. I think he's been leaving hints. But then, of course, that's the Paul Diano who sent me a letter, um, which I opened in the Power Slave album special. That's not the Paul Diano who I met this week, who you heard from earlier, because he hasn't got to that stage of his life yet, I think. Uh, yeah, so look out for those. Uh, pictures of Paul Diano where he's popped along in some historical photos. So, uh, yeah, I think they're only temporary, he said. So, uh, yeah, they're not there for long. And then, and then they go back to normal. I had a message from Ian Chesterton, and he said he really enjoyed the Alexander the Great episode. So, uh, I don't know what he's on about there, because clearly that hasn't happened yet. But I've got a feeling he's, he's been clever, and he's trying to do a little joke there. Because, um, of course, it, we're on a sort of album that's looking at time travel. So maybe he's... Um, yeah. Thanks, Ian. I've had a few queries about the location of Sporkford. Um, I actually didn't mention him last time he got in touch because um, I was doing some research behind the scenes. He last messaged about pancake toppings and he said his favourite topping was lemon and sugar. But I didn't acknowledge his tweet in the follow-up episode because in the background I was asking several people questions about their pancake toppings, trying to fool them and catch them out and make them admit that they were Sporkford. Sadly, this didn't yield any positive results and the mystery is still out there. But I'm vowing to you, the listener, that I'll have this sorted out by the Book of Souls series. So uh, look look out for that. Hopefully before then, of course. Well, so that's episode one of the season or series. Um, quite a short one, which is good because they were getting a bit long for the Power Slave episodes. Um, so yeah, back to normal, I suppose, whatever normal is. So thank you very much for listening. Um, I'll leave you with some court somewhere in time. Good song, as I've said. Good start to the album. And next week we've got Wasted Years. So I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.